0: Welcome to the 86th episode of the 4th and 24 podcast with Patrick Winograd. I'm your host, Randy Winograd. In this edition of the podcast, we will talk about Major League Baseball playoff action. So let's jump right in, and we will start with a, we will start with a look at the start of Major League Baseball playoff action in the National League Division Series, where the Braves beat the Brewers in four games after the Brewers took Game 1.
1: In Game 2 of this series, as we, I mean we already said, the Brewers won Game 1. All, all Atlanta. After that, um, two, three, three to nothing wins in a row in Game Two and Game Three, and then a five-four win at home to close out the series. Uh, well, will it be Freddie Freeman remembered as a postseason legend if the Braves are able to overcome their demons of uh, their complete and total inability to beat the Dodgers in the playoffs recently with this iteration of their uh, their roster? Uh, it, it it's possible that he could be uh, really. That might be one of their best moments of all time. Uh, the home run he hit off of Josh Hader to win this game and then inevitably win the series because it was the go-ahead run in the eighth, the bottom of the eighth inning, uh, which was interesting that the Brewers put their closer in in the eighth inning, although we'll talk about putting closers in in the eighth inning a little bit more later. Um, but Freddie Freeman won this series for Atlanta, and really the Brewers just... The one concern we had all year about them was that they didn't have enough run support to back up their great pitching staff. They lost all of these games in margins that, I mean, you give up three runs, three runs, and five runs, you probably shouldn't lose all three of those games. Uh, I don't think that says a lot about their offense. Uh, it really just shows that they didn't really have any, and uh, we everybody talked about it as the one concern with them, and then... When they got Willie Adamas, when they got Rowdy Tellez, everybody assumed, okay, this is good enough. Everything will be okay. They'll figure it out eventually. Uh, uh, nor- later in the season, we thought that by the postseason, this team would be clicking offensively. And, I mean, really, in the, at the end of the regular season, they did get those numbers up. They got on big win streaks because of that. But, overall, it did not end up paying off too much, to be quite honest. Uh, that The lineup, the additions they made, didn't really come through at all, even Eduardo Escobar, too. It didn't really come to fruition. And, by the way, they didn't even play Eduardo Escobar that much because they were busy playing Roddy Tellez. Uh And even the incumbent guys on the team that thought that people thought would be good, like Christian Yelich, also weren't even that much up to expectations. So, uh, the Brewers just really all around could not get enough run support. I mean, they got none in two of the games. Yeah,
0: you're not going to win games when you get shut out. That
1: yeah. It's pretty and, easy to figure out. And. Even in the games that they didn't get shut out, four is still not enough after getting shut out twice. I mean, we'll talk about it later, but there are some big numbers of runs that were put up by other teams in these series after getting shut out, or even not not even after getting shut out. Um, But this was not... Look, there's not enough you can say about the Brewers. I mean, they had a great season and all, but this was a pretty disappointing end, and uh, really, the series MVP, I would say, is Jock Peterson, who... (laughs) For a while in the series, was the only accounted for uh, four of the seven runs by the Braves. All all four of the seven four of the seven RBIs were all by him. One solo home run in game one was their only run uh, in game one. Then in game two, he hit in game sorry in game three he hit a two a three run home run and those were all the runs they got. Uh, so two games where Jock knocked in the only runs of the game. In game two, they got enough production from Soler, Freeman, and Albies. To win that game just from those guys, the top-of-the-order guys, Jock also got a single and started off the playoffs 3-for-3 three three because of that. Uh, he actually got the start in game 4 and did not knock in any runs, but interestingly enough. um, But the Braves just did enough to scrape by in this series, uh, but I'm not impressed. I If they were going to win the series, I thought they were going to win the series by hitting a bunch of home runs and scoring a lot of runs in general. They didn't really do anything to change my opinion of how they would fare against either the Dodgers or the Giants. If anything, they looked worse than I thought they would. Uh, I thought the team coming out of this would not be easy for either the Dodgers or the Giants and would be a hard opponent, uh, each team bringing different things, but neither the Brewers did not bring top, top-level pitching. They brought great pitching, but not top-level like we thought Uh, If you look at the Giants and the Dodgers, they both pitched better easily, and the Brewers were supposed to rival those two in that that respect. Uh, And the Braves, in terms of the lineup, did not have any games where they scored over five runs, whereas every other team in the entire playoffs did, uh, other than San Francisco and Milwaukee themselves. So it's not too impressive from them.
0: Yeah, Milwaukee scored six runs in four games. That's just not going to cut it. Frankly, they're lucky they didn't get swept. They scored two runs in the first game, right, and then and managed to eke out that win
1: two to one. Well, but again, that's the good pitching uh, yes. of it. And by the way, if they had scored two in every single game, they would have had they would have had three one run games and one win. So yeah. it just goes to show you how good the pitching was. But again, the pitching was not just quite top tier enough. I mean, I'm not going to go too much into the series that the next series that we saw, but there were some great pitching performances everywhere and. In the playoffs, you need great. You can't just get uh, three runs given up from the part of your team that's supposed to carry it. Just look at what the Giants did, and we'll we'll talk about that. Well,
0: why not just why not talk about that series? Uh, Dodgers beat the Giants in five games after facing elimination twice in what was the best of the four divisional series,
1: and also the two best teams in the league, which is uh, problem with the MLB's playoff format that they have to figure out pretty soon. Um, but I mean. This series was, it was just so great in so many different ways. Um, it's one of the first times, I believe it is the first time, that the Dodgers and Giants have actually faced in a postseason series. Yeah, as a, uh,
0: not, which, a tie, not a tie for the pennant before there was only one team that went to the playoffs. Right,
1: that. and it's crazy that that's the truth. Um, we've all seen Yankees, Red Sox a few times. I mean, I think it's actually happened in the 21st century already two or three times I mean, one of them happened this year in that wild card game. So it was an amazing series overall, and just uh, I'm glad that we got to see these two teams face off. If there were ever a year for these two to play in the playoffs, this is a good one. But I think it's disappointing for both teams that uh, regardless, I don't want to say that the Braves are done for for sure, but I think both the Dodgers and the Giants would agree and would probably say it publicly that they would have much rather... To get a playoff series win each before playing each other, rather than have one go home empty-handed, even though they're probably going to end up being viewed as the second best team in the league, uh, even if the Dodgers don't manage to win the World Series, I think you could still say that the Giants were the second best, only to the Dodgers, and the Dodgers just didn't pull it out. I could still, I could still see that happening. Um, but regardless of that, San Francisco won Game One, four to nothing. Then LA bounced back, winning Game Two nine to two. Uh, San Francisco won Game Three one to nothing. Uh, game Four, the Dodgers won seven to two, and then Game Five, the Dodgers won two to one. This is also what I was talking about with the Brewers. I mean, th- San Francisco got elite pitching twice in the series. The Dodgers got it three times, and both of them actually ended up losing in some of those games. Uh, San Francisco got a shutout, got two shutouts in the series. And both of those games, again, this is what we were talking about with the Brewers that I kind of wanted to kind of intertwine and weave in. It is possible to get shutouts in the playoffs. It's not impossible. So three runs, three runs, they're good, but you can shut people out. And these weren't even the Giants' top starters. This was Alex Wood shutting the Dodgers out uh, in Max Scher- in his start that was uh, face off against Max Scherzer. And the in only France. run scored by, by the Giants in that game was an Evan Longoria 0-2 fastball home run. One miss. Uh, so one miss changes the game. And the same thing happened in game five where Julio Urias and the Dodgers had a one nothing lead and one miss on a 3-2 fastball to Darren Ruff turned into the game being tied. Obviously, the Dodgers didn't end up winning the game. But when you look at it like that, if you're seeing that these teams are only making one mistake per game, the Brewers could have pitched better. And now to get off of them, this, te- this series was incredibly pitched with the exception of... Game two and four, but I would even argue that's more of just how good the Dodgers are as a lineup. Yeah, a lot of late inning
0: runs too.
1: Then, then how, then the Giants pitching staff. I mean, Gosman did give up four runs uh, in game in game two when he started, so that's definitely not all late game runs. Uh, and then in game four, the Dodgers forced Escalafani out of the game so fast that was not; <laughs> those were not <laughs> no, they late. Had
0: four early runs.
1: It, it was three in the first two innings, yep. and that forced Escalafani out of the game. Uh, so. That th- those those runs did end up, or no, it was too earlier in the game, and then Mookie Betts with a, with the home run onto the next pitcher after Walker Bueller hit a single off of somebody's leg. Yeah. Um. So, by the way, some lucky breaks there too. Uh. But overall, this was really one of those postseason series that you felt like a late postseason series. Uh. But it wasn't. Sadly, it wasn't. And overall, you got you got to give respect to both teams, uh, the Giants and the Dodgers for the whole season. Uh, when you look at it in total, now that the season is in the books for the Giants and they, well, they can't play any more games against the Dodgers because the Dodgers have moved on and they haven't 12 wins by each team in 24 games, 173 hits each exactly on the dot, same amount of wins, same amount of hits Dodgers with a plus three run differential overall in the whole year. You couldn't get more even than this. Uh, these series was ridiculously close. Well,
0: yeah, these teams... Totally evenly matched, as you said, over the series. The thinnest rate, thinnest margin of victory was only fitting that it was decided, again, like you said, we all wish it was a seven-game series, but it was only fitting that this series was decided by a one-run game in the last inning.
1: And it was also decided by a game that was a shutout through five innings neither team could score at all 0-0. Then both teams scored off of off of runs in the sixth, just one run each. Yep. And then it was one-to-one all the way until the ninth where the Dodgers ended up getting the game-winning run from an unlikely hero. But at this point, this might continue. It was Cody Bellinger who came up for the Dodgers uh, in the clutch. He might have reclaimed his form from his MVP seasons prior and and uh, All-Star seasons and really something that the Dodgers need, especially because Trey Turner and Justin Turner are both struggling mightily right now. Um, and I mean, other than Cody Bellinger, you can't say much more about Mookie Betts, but the, the reason the Dodgers are, are even got to the Giants is because of Cody Bellinger and Chris Taylor, Cody Bellinger with the single in the wildcard game, and then the stolen base that, uh, allowed Chris Taylor to, in his mind, apparently only think about hitting a single, which resulted in a legendary playoff home run. But regardless of the mindset and what actually happened, Uh, Cody Bellinger actually showed up in that first game when a lot of people didn't expect him to. And the Dodgers needed someone to step up instead of Max Muncy being at first base. They needed someone, and Cody Bellinger has stepped up. And he's also allowed them to actually feel comfortable with their first base choice every single game. And he will continue to start even against lefties because I believe that Pujols will move into playing first base starting against lefties just like he has all season. And Bellinger will move into center field. Uh, instead of Gavin Lux, most likely, because his bat has been good, too, uh, so and he can play defense at both positions. So it's interesting to see what the Dodgers will do for the rest of the playoffs. But going back to this one a little bit, then you have Bellinger in this series. He had a few hits. He had his struggles. He had a few bad games. He was really terrible against Webb in the first game and two at-bats through this game. But the third one, which was not off of Webb, he made it count off of Gosman hitting a single up the middle, to knock Justin Turner in on a two-strike pitch, knocking Justin Turner in uh, to make the game two to one. And then an unlikely, as we talked about eighth inning closers, uh, Trinan and Jansen push to the seventh and eighth innings and Max Scherzer closing out the game for the Dodgers. Uh, It was interesting because it looked like that's what the Brewers had planned with maybe tossing Corbin Burns in uh, at the end of game four. But, it's very, very surprising that, uh, and they did use Brendan Woodruff out of the bullpen too, so it wouldn't have been surprising for me to see, uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if they had put in uh, a starting pitcher as a closer there, and overall it just seems like that's a trend that's been happening, that you send up a guy who's experienced and who can close the game, and even if it's a starting pitcher, you gotta do what you gotta do in the playoffs, and I bet... If regular season games, if it, was, if it was a much shorter regular season, I bet you'd see starting close, starting pitchers closing out games much more often. But once you condense the season into just the postseason, crazy stuff happens, including Max Scherzer closing games, including Kevin Gosman being used after Camilo Duvall to come into the game as a closer. And by the way, two big streaks broken in this series. I mean, it really just shows you how evenly matched these two teams were. That Max Scherzer was 13-0 and in team record with the Dodgers. Uh, and then 7-0 in his actual official pitching record before his loss in Game 3. And then Logan Webb was 13-0 at home on the year and 7-0 in actual pitching record with the Giants until his loss in Game 5. So it really shows you that it came down to the knife's edge for both of these teams. It was a very, 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 very close series, regardless of if overall when you look at it there were really... close games it was really only game three and game five that were close but the dodgers are sometimes just going to come out and overwhelm you and it's really about how do you respond after they overwhelm you do you give in to them do you believe that they're going to keep knocking you out and keep throwing punches or do you fight back and they and the giants did after giving up nine runs in game well really the dodgers did first after not scoring any runs in game one they bounced back and scored nine in the second game and then the Giants bounced back and only and didn't give up any. They pitched a shutout in Game 3. Then Game 4, the Dodgers responded again and got 7. And then Game 5, just enough with the two runs by the end of the game to win it. Uh, but we'll have to see what the Dodgers are going to do with their rotation going forward because it's a little bit disjointed. But overall, both teams played as hard as they really could have. Uh, just great pitching on both sides of the series. It, it was not a lack of hitting from the hitters. It was really just a very well-pitched series. Every single mistake that was made was punished. Uh, Evan Longoria got the one mistake fastball from Scherzer in all of Game 3 and took it for a home run. Uh, Chris Taylor hit a few balls hard in that game, too, but the wind was knocking everything down and pushing everything over. Same as Gavin Lux. And then in Game 5, Julio Urias, uh got punished on the one fastball he missed and Mookie Betts just got any pitch that Logan Webb threw in the zone, and he just handled it the whole night. He was 4-for-4 four four because of that. And he had a steal akin to Cody Bellinger's uh, that put him on second base that allowed Corey Seager to just hit a little tiny double down the left field line to knock in Mookie Betts to score the... at that point go ahead run in the 6th which was felt like a huge i mean it felt like the game could want could end one to nothing
0: it's a big sigh of relief for the
1: dodgers and, and it really game. it really felt like the game could end one to nothing i was thinking that the whole game as soon as uh, the first 5 innings went by scoreless even with the giants having opportunities barely missing home runs by posey and by Ruff. Uh, Ruff twice actually until he actually hit his chris taylor barely missed two home runs uh buster posey barely missed another one foul and then lamont wade barely missed a home run uh, but overall, I mean, just what a great series and what an end to the season for these, for, well, for the Giants. But uh, the Dodgers, it's survive in advance.
0: So a, a couple couple follow-up things here. Uh, you mentioned the Dodgers pitching. Dodgers gave up 10 runs. You talked about how great both pitching was, both teams pitching staff were. Dodgers gave up 10 runs in five games, and they still only won by winning a one-run game. The Giants, if you think about it, they pitched two shutouts, and then they pitched a game where they gave up two runs. And they end up losing the series. You tell them.
1: Two shutouts in a two run game should, you win, you should you the series. win you the series. And, and of, by the way, it did for Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> they pitched two they, shutouts yeah. in a two run game. They did lose the two run game, so but eventually their offense carried them to one game. And it's all in the Giants' offense, to be truthful. Yeah, it, it, it is. That is the reason they both lost teams the series. Dodgers
0: pitching, and the Dodgers pitching. Um, Cody Bellinger, uh, by the way, it was off Duval, uh, his hit. Just you, you said, Gosman came in afterwards, but he got off DeVaul, which made him more impressive. Because that guy has a ton, has the repertoire that Cody Bellinger usually doesn't hit, and he hit it off a slider, which normally is his kryptonite. But Bellinger with that go ahead run. Oh, right, because Gosman came in after that. Gosman yeah. came in after. Yeah. But for Bellinger, he choked up, and the guy kept pounding sliders, his weakness, and he managed to line it. It was a solid hit. Bellinger with that hit now has three go ahead. Hits in postseason play in the ninth inning or later, which is tied for the all-time record in Major League Baseball.
1: Is also three times the amount of walk-off hits that Aaron Judge has in his career, and that only one came on the last game of the season, fun fact. So, (laughs) if you want to talk about MVP seasons and you want to talk about being clutch, uh, I will say, Cody Bellinger has not had a great postseason reputation you could make the argument that Jock Peterson and Kike Hernandez oh, okay, has contributed yes. have contributed more to Dodgers postseason runs in the past. I mean, there's a reason why Matt Kemp started two or three World Series games in 2018. It's because the Dodgers were afraid to pitch Be- to have Bellinger hit against Chris Sale and other lefties that the Red Sox had. That was no coincidence. He has had his fair share of struggles in the postseason every single year, um, but. It seems like this year, somehow, in the most backwards way possible, his worst regular season might turn into his best postseason, and it definitely is so far.
0: Whereas his best regular season turned into an awful postseason. Yeah. That's baseball. That's why people love baseball. So, I mean, you've said it. All year long, the thinnest of margins between these teams, they end up hundred dead even in terms of wins, dead even in terms of their series, but the Dodgers get the one that matters most.
1: And also, if you want to look at the other things in the series, I actually don't think that, well... Chris Bryant might have been the best player in the series for the Giants, other than Logan Webb. But the overall acquisitions, ac- acquisitions by both teams, they really kind of felt like they were just kind of a part of the general mold of the team. It didn't feel like there was any time where you were thinking, "Oh, this Chris Bryant addition has made such a difference." I mean, he hit one, he hit one home run in the in the game against Bueller in Game One, but it was when they were already up two to nothing, uh, and then. Yeah, Darren Ruff was a free agent pickup, but he wasn't a huge acquisition. Uh, And then Trey Turner didn't really do anything, and Max Scherzer pitched two good games or pitched one good game and then had the great closeout, but he didn't get a a credit for a win (laughs) in that great game that he pitched. So in the end, kind of didn't feel like the acquisitions did that much, and it was really just... The base team, honestly, that was doing everything for both teams.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, obviously one won the wild card game, but you're right. Trey Turner had one hit, I think, in, in uh, one, uh, one, one double or something in game two. He, one RBI RBIs, double, a yeah. RBIs. Um, but it's funny that you say that about Chris Bryant because Chris Bryant had, if you look at his numbers in terms of his batting average, he had a huge series. But his hits were all meaningless. And that was the key. When the Dodgers that he gave up a mean when they gave up a home run, the game was over, There was nobody on base. He got sing it seemed like he got base hit, base hit after base hit, but nobody was he on base. He got single
1: after single after single. He hit the ball hard. He hit the ball right at people a few times. He hit the ball at Justin but Turner and he got an error off of it, position. but it was never with runners in the scoring position. The bat, exactly. That, that was, it that was, that was one solo home run and that and, was really it for him.
0: And I don't have the stats, but you look at the, the batting average with the team. I remember it coming up in the games. Um, Neither
1: team could hit with runners in scoring, scoring position. The
0: batting and talk about the testimony, the pitching. The batting averages were ridiculous. And I
1: don't think that was because either team was getting nervous in those situations. No. I think it was really just that the pitchers are really that clutch. I mean, Logan Webb has uh, really turned the tides on his whole career. It's not like he was like a. It's not like he was a bottom of the rotation guy ever. But uh, he's really turned into possibly the ace for the Giants going forward. He's the guy they're going to turn to in the future. And all it took was a great second half and a really amazing postseason. And it's almost the same thing that happened with Walker Buehler two or three years ago, where he had a kind of rough year, three somewhere in between three and four ERA, then in the postseason turned it up and had a one-something ERA that he turned into the ace two years later now uh, and a Cy Young candidate. And the same thing that happened with Julio Arias over the last two years, where last year he had a good start to the season, but then his postseason was magnificent coming out of the bullpen, he is the image that is synonymous with the Dodgers winning the World Series in 2020, and then all of a sudden this year he becomes the first guy to win 20 games in two or three years. So it can really turn around a career getting that, getting all that experience in the postseason. Because also guys are going to respect you more, they're going to revere you. Uh, Logan Webb definitely has that reputation going into next year, and I do think the Giants will be back. I don't think I don't think this team is winning 100 games again because I think they now have a target on their back from winning the division. But this team is easily probably going to be in the mix for the postseason. They'll be in the mix for sure. Uh, don't know if they'll make it or not because, again, the Padres are probably going to reload. Uh, and you have other teams in the NL that are that are known for some aggressive spending. And there are a lot of teams in the NL East who want to challenge the Braves. So it will be a tough uh, road next year. Uh, and the Dodgers are obviously still going to be around. But I really do think the Giants are still set up for success in the future.
0: Yeah, it will well, be interesting to see. they got a lot of free agents on their team. Um, all right, well, we will... Jump over to the American League Division Series before we preview that uh, Dodgers Braves matchup. Uh, in the AL Division Series, the first one, Houston dominated Chicago in four games. Patrick, you want to talk a little bit about this one?
1: Well, we talked about the first two games uh, on on the last podcast on for, or on the last Friday podcast we did, uh, but this series was just all the Astros lineup pretty much. I mean, a five-run inning in the seventh in Game Two gave them the win, nine to four. And they really carried that momentum forward. They had the they had the White Sox on the ropes early in Game Three at home. They were down five to one. Uh, the The White Sox were, and they fought back valiantly, but unfortunately, only for that one game. Uh, as they won that game, Chicago won that third game, twelve to six. But the next game, Houston won ten to one. Uh, it is just, I mean, they're, they're, something that we didn't expect from the Astros was pretty great pitching that they got throughout the series. I mean, McCullers was really the catalyst of that, but they still pitched well enough to give that offense. I mean, that offense doesn't really need much of a cushion to, to hit their way into the game. I mean, they really only need probably four runs or less given up. If you give up four, you're probably still going to win with that offense, so... Not surprising to see that the Astros were able to kind of roll over the White Sox, and it just really wasn't a good series for the White Sox. I mean, late in the year, this team kind of just fell apart from a lot of injuries. Uh, they got their lineup a little bit disjointed. Tim Anderson was playing hurt at the end of the year. Lance Lynn was hurt for a while. Carlos Rodon was out and really barely even started a game in the series, and Lucas Giolito wasn't his young self, and all of a sudden... That all crumbles and collapses on itself, and you play a team, the only team probably, one of the only teams at least, that has a lineup that rivals yours, and it's all going to compound on each other, and all those errors added up, and that results in the Astros winning the series.
0: All right, now let's move on to the other the other uh, American League division series. The Red Sox beat the Rays in four games after the Rays took game one.
1: Yeah, same same situation as uh, the Brewers and the Braves series. Uh, although I will admit this was a little more unexpected for me. The 2-3 series felt very evenly matched. But I did not expect the Rays to come out with the the, the Red Sox to come out with this win over the Rays. Uh, they won game two 14-6. It was in it was uh it was in progress while we recorded the last one, but uh, I think the game was already something like five to four in the second inning, so we didn't want to wait for that slugfest fest to end, and that was a good decision because the game ended up with 20 combined runs. Like we said, in just a big slugfest. Uh, and then I actually had thought that after that, the Red Sox were favored in the rest of the series just because the Rays did not have to deal with the atmospheres last year uh, in their en route to the World Series. Uh, and now that they didn't have to deal with them last year, I didn't know if they'd be prepared for them this season. And it seems like they weren't. And. <laughs> Fenway's a hard place to play in the playoffs. Those fans are crazy loud. They are probably the loudest out of all of the fans uh, in the MLB, to be quite honest. So as soon as it had gotten to that point at 1-1, one and one, I-, I thought that maybe the Red Sox had actually gotten the series, especially because they woke their bats up and they really made the Rays pitching work, which was one thing that the Rays could normally do is control the tempo of a series, of a game, uh, and just not have to use so many pitchers to the point where they're depleted by the end of the series. They were super depleted after giving up 14 runs. They had guys that they wanted to get through an inning, get through a half of an inning, and they just couldn't because they had already pitched 25 pitches and given up two runs and had two more guys on base, so they couldn't let them finish the inning and just uh, keep guys fresh. They just couldn't do it. Um, and by the end of it, you get Boston going home. They win game three, six to 6-4, and then they win a crazy game four 6-5, uh, to five. that game 3 obviously in 13 innings, uh, and some controversial, well not controversial, but strange rules that were brought out uh, as a ball hit off the short wall uh, where the bullpen is in Fenway, and then it hit Kevin Kiermaier's knee and went over the stands and ended up ruling as a ground rule double because, well guess what, that's how it works, just like if a home run hits off of somebody's head, it's still a home run. If a double hits off of somebody's knee and goes into the stands, it's still a ground rule double. Uh, it's strange. Frankly, someone could probably kick it on purpose in the future, might be a good idea, um, but in the end, you did have, or not off of Kevin Kiermaier's legs, actually, he was the guy running, I forget, who, I, I think it was Kike uh, Hernandez's legs then, um, but instead, you get the Rays instead of scoring one run on a double because they would have scored from first, you instead get second and third, and then they do not cash in on that opportunity, and then Christian Vasquez gets a two-run home run over the Green Monster, just over the Green Monster, uh, to seal the game for the Red Sox and eventually give them the right momentum to carry into Game 4 to win the series.
0: And with that series win, the Red Sox move on to the American League Championship Series to face the Astros. Uh, Patrick, let's do a little preview of that series. What, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, I will tell you that as of yesterday, I had Houston winning the series because of a lineup advantage and because they had the starting pitching advantage, and those are the two advantages you need. I do think the Red Sox still have a better bullpen than Houston. Uh, it's pretty much even, though, for both of them. They both have uh, some a few pretty great guys and then some, some shakiness as you go further down and some unproven guys in the playoffs. However, Lance McCullers was announced as out for the whole series and left off the roster, and that means that the Red Sox have the starting pitching advantage because instead of... Uh, Houston having McCullers, and then also the experience of Greinke behind guys like Framber Valdez and Luis Garcia. Now, you have the Red Sox with Chris Sale with all the advantage and all all the experience in the world, and Nathan Eovaldi, who was the guy who would really rival McCullers out of anybody. And with those two, you make up a great, great, great uh, pitching staff for the Red Sox. And that pitching staff, I think, is what will actually carry them over in this series. And I do believe that only because of that McCullers uh, injury, I think later in the series, they'll be a little bit too depleted to win it. I still think it's going to be close regardless. And I it, that, I couldn't actually give you a real pick that I believed in 100%. Uh, I Again, I flip-flopped it because of one injury. So that just tells you how close I believe the margin is between these two teams. Um, but the Astros still might have the better lineup too. It, it, again, that's another debate. Uh, You could debate that the Astros have a better lineup than the Red Sox. You could debate that the Red Sox have a better lineup than the Astros. I can talk about the Red Sox lineup. I have the belief that they are better uh, just because they really do have the same amount of clutch guys in the postseason. And then overall in the regular season, it might be a little bit of a better lineup. So I still think I'm taking the Red Sox just for that reason and because of that McCullers injury. But again, razor thin margin in this series.
0: Um, I agree with you. I probably would have taken the Astros in six with McCullers because I'd scratched, I'd chop that up to two different wins. Excuse me,
1: Red Sox in seven. Thank you for reminding me of games.
0: Yes, I would have taken the Astros in six, and now I think I take the Red Sox in seven. Uh, I think it'll be an epic series. A lot of runs scored.
1: Actually, wow. kind of reminds me of the Giannis injury in the NBA Finals a little bit, but I, not Except- as big because it's baseball, not basketball, but it's still a big injury because he was really... He, he's the key point of two games in a seven-game series, your, your best starting pitcher. So yep. now you have two games where that's not the case anymore. Um, and regardless of if he if he would have started two, if he would have had good starts... I think you still believe in them more with that guy in their starting lineup.
0: Well, I think to your point, later on in the series, it, you're not going to see the impact as much early in the season when you can throw some bullpen arms out there. And then the fact, then again, the fact that this is a 2-3-2 format with a day off in between the shifting locations of the, uh, of, this, of the series lets those bullpen arms rest. But those middle three games, there's no rest for the bullpen. Um, and if you're short down to starting pitcher, it's really going to impact you. So I will go uh, with the Red Sox in seven like you. And so then the question is, do we have a rematch in the World Series? Which, if the Dodgers make it out of the NLCS, yes, we would have had, we will have anyway. Do we have a rematch, Dodgers Red Sox, in the National League Championship Series? Patrick, what do you think about the Dodgers Braves
1: series? Well, we will have a rematch. Um, the question is whether it comes in five, six, or seven games. I know for a fact that no series in the MLB will end up in a sweep. It just almost never. It it, it almost never happens. The only time it feels like it would happen is well, when you have a one-game series like the wild card, it has to end in a sweep. Technically, a one-zero sweep. Uh, and then last year in that weird, extra large wild card series thing, where you had the Dodgers playing the eight-seeded under-five-hundred Brewers, and that felt like a sweep immediately. So, uh, other than that, though you just don't see sweeps that very, that often in the MLB. So I know the Braves aren't going to get swept. I think early in the series, especially depending if the Dodgers pitch a bullpen game in game one, I think the Braves take game one if the Dodgers pitch a bullpen game. And if they don't, that's what causes the series to be over in five games. But I think the Dodgers are going to win in six. I think as long as they don't let their let their entire rotation be messed up and tired, uh, I think that Beeler on four days rest and then... Arias and Scherzer on full rest in game three and four will be able to turn the series and the Dodgers you don't beat them much at home maybe you can steal one game off of them but the Dodgers did in fact sweep the Braves earlier in the year at home uh in a big series with, post-trade deadline but the Dodgers still had injuries the Dodgers didn't have Bellinger that series they didn't have Seeger that series uh I believe there were some other injuries there that I'm forgetting uh probably Mookie Betts too because it was in that kind of range of the season so it was still. I still believe the Dodgers are just matched up better, and this is a better team than the one that took the Braves to seven games. And it's a worse Brave team, a worse a worse Braves team than the one that took the Dodgers to seven games and pushed them to the brink of elimination uh, with that three one series lead last year that they ended up choking. But Acuna and Ozuna are not there. Those are their two best hitters, other than Freddie Freeman in the postseason last year. And then the Dodgers add Trey Turner and Max Scherzer to the rotation. This team got better, the Braves got a little bit worse, Uh, and also even Kenley Jansen is is really having a resurgent season, and Blake Trinan is somehow even better than he was last year this year, so even the pieces that were there, and Joe Kelly, the same situation, even the pieces that were there last year seem to have gotten better, and David Price even is there, even though, I don't even think he pitched a single time in the series against the Giants, but... Over a longer series, he probably will be there to eat up innings just like Alex Wood did against the Braves and was really essential to the Dodgers winning because they needed some guy to take up some innings in some games where they were losing. Uh, And I think the same thing will happen in this game. And maybe even the Dodgers turn to David Price as a starter in Game 1. It's very, very possible. A Gonsolin-Price kind of situation there. And then some of the high-leverage relievers later in the game. But the Dodgers shouldn't be on the road in this series, but I actually think that'll be fine just because... If this series could be over by Game 5 in LA, it's very possible that it will be. Uh, I think that the Dodgers know how to win on the road. They won they won two games in the series against San Francisco on the road and were 1-1 one and one at home. They were 2-1 and one on the road, 1-1 one and one at home. They seem to not be very affected by that. Uh, so I don't think that's going to make much of a difference, and I think that the Dodgers will probably win one of the first two on the road and probably win all three at home, if not Actually, I think they'll probably win two out of the three at home and then win one of the last two on the road, but I think that will be game six, so I think the Dodgers in six.
0: I was going to say Dodgers in six, um, but and I think it actually breaks down the way you, you, you have it breaking down for the same reasons. I think game one's a big question. Um, if the Dodgers win game one, it could be a sweep. I don't think they're going to win game one, and I think it goes seven games. I was going to say six, but I want to be a little different from you uh, and, and say seven games. I think it might take... Getting to that off day between games two and three for the Dodgers to get their pitching rotation back in order and everybody back on schedule, but ultimately at the end of the day, the Dodgers are a better team. Uh, they were a slightly better team, I thought, than the Giants all year. The Giants didn't get their lucky breaks, and in a longer season, things, t- longer series, things tend to average out. So, um, I, I, I think it's very likely the Dodgers lose game one, and it could be. And I'll, I was going to say six. You said six. I'll say seven. If the Dodgers win game one, it could be a sweep.
1: And not only are Acuna and Ozuna out, but one of the key replacements to Acuna is Jorge Soler, and he will also be out for the series, for at least most of the series, as he tested positive for COVID. So you add that in there, not only is it Acuna and Ozuna, but the guys they got to replace those two aren't there either, because Soler is the main guy replacing them. Uh, We'll see how it works with Jock knowing the Dodgers very well, because he will be playing without Soler, most likely. Maybe Eddie Rosario, maybe Guillermo Heredia. Um, but I don't know how it's going to turn out, to be quite honest. Uh, Walker Buehler has given up a home run to Jock Peterson, I believe, this season. Uh, it's a little bit of an interesting matchup because the Dodgers have a lot of guys who like to throw in high fastballs, and Jock Peterson is a guy who's very comfortable hitting high fastballs at Dodger Stadium.
0: <laughs> and they're not from lefty, so it'll be very interesting to see. I think that's part of the key to the series. Like you said, Jock Peterson basically carried them outside of Freddie Freeman's uh, you know, game-winning blast. It'll be very interesting to see if the Dodgers are able to contain Jock Peterson. It'll be, I think it'll be a key to the series.
1: And he won't be pitch-hitting the series, I don't think, as much, because I think he'll actually be starting a few times. They came to their wisdoms uh, late in that series, starting him in game four, and then, well, you're going to have to start him if Solera's out, honestly, uh, and especially just on the defensive side, he's also a good defender, so I could definitely see Jock Peterson starting for the Braves the entire series, uh, along with Rosario in the outfield, so I, I think that Their infield is set regardless. But uh, with those guys, I think you probably end up maybe jog starts. Maybe he still doesn't somehow. But I'm going to still pick the Dodgers in six.
0: All right. Well, we both pick a Dodgers-Red Sox rematch World Series. Um, Those series could be over. We could know whether we were right uh, for our next podcast. Um, Or, sorry, our next Friday's podcast. But that wraps this edition of the 4th and 24 podcast. Please join us for our next podcast, which will be on Monday, October 22nd, where we will not know where those baseball playoff series are wrapped up, uh, but we will see the accuracy of Patrick's weekend predictions, and we will discuss this weekend's college football and NFL action. In the meantime, please be sure to check out Patrick's additional content, including his MLB power rankings and his predictions of the entire college football and NFL seasons on our website, 4thand24.com. That's the number 4, T-H-A-N-D, the number 24.com. Thank you for listening.